Hi and welcome back to the Surf Cascais podcast. We are thrilled to have a second episode going live and we want to start by thanking you for listening to the first one and also for giving us the feedback that allowed us to improve or at least I, ho I hope we have improved and we'll try to keep on improving during the next few episodes. This one though is a special one. We're talking with David Moore, the founder and manager of Surf Cascais. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation because it will teach you about what Surf Cascais is, what Surf Cascais stands for, and the man behind it. I think you can also gather a lot of information from David's personal life that will resonate with you in one way or another and teach you things that go beyond why you should come to Surf Cascais. <laughs> I hope you enjoy today's conversation with my great friend, Mr. David Moore. Hello, good night, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> too much for the invitation to the no, podcast no no it's, it's a pleasure um i want to start well more or less from the beginning because i know you you've been connected to surf since you were young when did you start uh, i started surfing when i was about 13 years old so before i had no relation with actually any beach in portugal with waves we used to spend holidays in algarve with no waves at all but one christmas i decided to ask for a skateboard don't ask me why and then from there i learned how to snowboard in the same year and then surfing came along i also had a neighborhood that actually helped me a lot progressing in surfing and i own him like at least 50% of my surfing skills is manu more known as manu in alfajid and um, he basically skateboard done like down the street and I started skateboarding with him and then uh, after surfing with him. Cool. And was it, was surfing different from, from uh, skating and snowboarding? Did you know it immediately or was it more of an organic thing where you started to fall more and more in love with surfing? Yeah. I mean, especially different from skateboarding because I did street skating. So it was not like I did ramps or something. So the, the, the feeling of going down a wave in this case was way more similar than going down a mountain. So it was actually more similar to snowboarding than actually with skateboarding. And to be honest, I'm not going to lie, I start bodyboarding first. Ah. Uh, even though I really wanted to, I, I think I wanted to surf, but I was a bit afraid uh, of the board and the fins and everything. So I started like bodyboarding and after a few months, my feet were, completely destroyed by the fins so i i took it as a sign uh, of someone superior saying that bodyboard is not for me so i just should stick with surfing and that's what i did and, and then um, actually we had some friends that uh, knew our first surf instructor some some friends of my cousin that we went snowboarding with and they were like, oh, we have to go to that surf school in Caprica. Let's go, let's go. And, and that's how I started surfing. And actually, I, 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 I stayed surfing with them and actually after training with them for a long time. Uh, and we had a really nice group of people all like growing up and learning how to surf together. So it was a really good environment. Yeah, um, I've heard about that environment. You went from yeah. a surfing team with a drinking problem to a drinking team with a surfing problem. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was... I, actually, I skateboard almost as I surfed back then. 
So uh, when I was 14, 15, and then I was actually doing some contests in skating as well. And I, one day I was like, okay, I need to decide if I really want to take skating serious or surfing serious. Serious in a way that I should spend more time doing one than other and being a bit more focused because I, I started very late. So I knew for sure that I wasn't going to be like any professional surfer or anything. I was just doing for fun, but um, I really would like to, to keep on doing it uh, uh, as long as I could. So I always like arrange my life and try to, to make everything possible to keep on surfing. And that's, you were around what age when you decide to commit more to surfing than? I think it was like 15, 16, something like that. And yeah, then, so like two, three years after I started, yeah. And then when was it that you started teaching lessons? Because I know you started really young. Was it uh, so 17, 18? Around, yeah, around 17. So I had this coach that I first started surfing with and then I had another one. And for that second coach, uh, sometime he needed some help for like big groups and he asked me for help and then start, started to be a bit more regularly. And then uh, I, I mean, I, I can enjoy it and I, I teach on the weekends uh, still when I was in high school, but then I, I went to, to the university and also teaching on, on the weekends. Okay. And when you started surfing, well, when you started surfing, sorry, when you started teaching, did you realize that teaching surf was going to be a part of your life for a, for a long, long time? Or was it just a holiday, a holiday and not, weekend gig? Not at all. Like, uh, like really not at all. I was doing it not as a favor. I mean, I enjoyed it and, and you got paid. <laughs> yeah, I got paid. And, and as you know, here in Portugal, we're pretty spoiled by our parents. So we basically don't work until we are 30. And we did our like university and master and, and then one year holiday. And then maybe we start working. So to be honest, I, I could, I mean, I always had everything that I needed. And I had to thank my parents for that. But still, I had that little extra money to buy surfboards. That was kind of like <laughs> everyone's, everyone's dream of. And, um, and it was nice to have that independence of the money also for traveling. And, uh, and I really enjoyed it as well. So it was a, a win-to-win situation. And, uh, but I never really did like a whole summer of teaching until like a few years later. So it was more like a weekend thing. I have my Portuguese regular students, mostly uh, intermediate students. So I was giving a lot of outside lessons sometimes with my own surfboard so i catching some waves uh but always very professional obviously <laughs> and um so in the end of the day i really enjoyed it and and it was it was very good yeah but i had no idea that i was going to do that i didn't even have a course uh like two years after then i took the course but also with no further like uh, goal just just to make it more professional in the day but um, I actually had no idea what I was going to do in university or with my life. And then I remember, I remember that you went to Balial and worked there for a summer at a surf camp. Was the surf camp vibe something that you clicked with immediately? Or, uh, or was it something that you kind of, oh, okay, this is cool, but it didn't really do anything for you? It, it definitely made me look into surf, like surf lessons 
also in in like a more fun way sometimes because I used to teach mostly Portuguese. So I really like that vibe of surf camp and 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 having a close contact with the with the people and they are enjoying a week of surfing and you see them progress every day. Um, I really enjoy that part. Also, I always been like luckily traveling a lot since I'm very young. And also I have a, a, a surname that is Moore and everyone kind of make joke of me that I was somehow not fully Portuguese at school. So I always had it, this interest about like people from other countries traveling and it always was always on the back of my mind so having the the surfing passion together with some tourism and getting to know people and and travel like having a barbecue but traveling everywhere because people are from everywhere and into the talks so the 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 two things together really passionate me and made me see that i really like that and i could maybe see a, a profession out of it so the the two things together so that's so, when it yeah. started so that's sorry. yeah so that's when it started to click like okay i have surfing i have traveling i have tour i have i like to meet people from all over the world i love i love the casual and fun environment were you at university already because i know you studied hotel management this was the year before you decided yeah. to go and study hotel management yeah there was that was the summer of 2008 so just before i went to university and, and did, uh, that, did that influence your, influence your decision to go and study hotel management specifically in Panish? Not specifically in Panish, but studying hotel management for sure. Uh, I, then I was supposed to go in Lisbon, but um, I had a friend that was going to Panish and, and he asked me if I wanted to go with him. And obviously, yeah, I, I was just the needing that, that incentivation. away from my parents. Uh, <laughs> my, mostly my approach of life is to not be 200% only committed in one thing, but be kind of open to, to whatever opportunities go in my life. I have a main goal and I have a, a main passion and then doors keep opening and I, I decide, okay, I go that way, I go that way. So the way of going to Panish, it was not meant like supposed to be, but then that friend of mine asked me and I was like, why not? This is even better. So then I went. And then the part of teaching the same thing happened and the part of opening the business as well. So were opportunities that I didn't say no and I say yes. And that put me in another level and then another one, another one. So I was never like said, I want to be a surfer. I want to have a surf school. I want to study in Panish. I want to study hotel management. Those things were in the back of my mind and they were always like coming up. But then when the opportunity came, I said, okay, I'll go that way and I don't go that way. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I, I can relate to that because I've, I've been doing the same thing for a while, uh, only on a different uh, path, so to speak. And then, so just to try to, I'm trying to piece out um, the parts I know about your life so that, I, so that we can leave this. I know that then you went to Brazil and you traveled a bit through South America. How was that experience? Did that really consolidate that idea that you already had in the back of your mind? about traveling and meeting people from all over the world combined with surfing that that could be your life going forward yes when i first i was i went to brazil i i've been twice On a Erasmus program, brazil, right? but this one was in exchange 
and I was staying in, I went to Florianópolis and it's a surf town in the south of Brazil. First, when I arrive, I stay in a hostel that probably I haven't stayed in many hostels before. And they were, obviously the owner was a surfer. I got really like good relation with, with him. And then once I finished university that I travel all around South America, mostly not surfing, but also in Peru, I stayed what, like two weeks in a surf camp, more, more for intermediate to advanced surfers. So they didn't offer surfer lessons. So I could also see another part of the business related with surfing for more experience. And obviously along the way, I met a lot of people that either surf or didn't surf. And that obviously opened my mind even more um, and made me think that I really enjoy meeting people and traveling. And I could see myself having a, an accommodation, uh, especially related with surfing. But then you came. But then after a while, you came back to Portugal. You went back to work at, with someone else that you were working for someone. And then I know that the opportunity come came to split up and try your own thing. I also remember a lot of details because I met you the year after that. And you sold your car. You bought a Chrysler van. You bought all the softboards. I, I think it was like eight softboards and a, and a, I don't know how many wetsuits. And you started basically teaching out of your own house, which was a very tiny house at the time and committing to that new business and new adventure that was opening your own surf school. How important do you think was taking that chance um, for your, for the way how your business and life panned out eventually? Because I know it was a big risk. Like you, you, you were not just another surf surf instructor at that school. You were basically the guy's right hand. You were managing a lot of the accommodation details. He had just opened a surf camp. You had a lot of reasons to grow within that company and within that surf camp. But you still took the risk and decided to go out on your own. I, yeah. I'm sure you don't regret it. Regret it. But how important no, do you think was that decision? I mean. Especially back in the day, you don't look at at things like in a five year scale. I mean, and especially being Portuguese, right? So <laughs> yeah. I was, I, this was in 2013. So I was, yeah. I was 24 years old. Uh, I was still a kid. Now I'm 31 and I'm still a kid. So I had no vision that maybe this was really like a, a changing point in my life. And I will maybe do that for the rest of my life. I was like, okay. I have this opportunity. Mostly I have a lot of experience teaching surfing because um, I was supposed to work in a hotel that, that didn't open. That was the, the peak of the crisis when I finished university. I, I knew the working um, conditions that I will have in any kind of hotel would be like terrible. Uh, I kind of knew how business worked because I, I was really the, the guy's right arm. So that gave me a lot of confidence also to do something my own just because of the experience and kind of understand the market. Um, obviously it was a big risk, but to be honest, I didn't have a huge rent to pay or a huge investment to make it was kind of, okay, let's see if it, this works. Uh, let's change. I changed my car and then uh, I bought a few surfboards and kind of started. To be honest, was the terrible timing, mostly because it was the end of the summer. Um, 
I had a lot of incentivization for my girlfriend back back then, and also was how I made the click and how I was like, okay, let's do this. Uh, I see again an opportunity, and I didn't say no. I just went for it, and uh, but I I have no idea that will completely change my life and progress the way it did until what I have now. It was more like an opportunity that I I could see it that in that day and and i thought why not let's just do it it's so much more interesting and challenging than just for some for work for someone else but i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing it so well and i, I couldn't have done it without the experience that i earned with that person and he, he taught me a lot and i i think because i had so much responsibility that made me grow so much and that's what gave me the confidence to open it of course, of course. But I also think that there's a, there's a, a theme throughout your your life so far that that's timing. So what I mean by this is that because you are you are always open to this kind of opportunities, you end up always finding a, the perfect timing to do new things. So you're not trying to force something, but you're you're also not not afraid of of the opportunities that come and so you end up finding like okay i'm saying this because when you opened the surf school i started working for you a year later there were basically no surf schools in Cascais. and so and my question related to this timing issue is you came from a caparica related background so most of your surfing had been done in caparica i know you were living at Cascais at the time was was the decision to start Surf Cascais as Surf Cascais a decision to be there because you were already there? Or did you really see an opportunity in a specific market, like a town close to Lisbon that has a lot of tourism potential, but hasn't has a lot of surfing potential, obviously, but it hasn't connected the dots between tourism and surfing? I mean that definitely Cascais is is like a really nice place and and tourism speaking it's way more attractive than caparica at least back in the day now we see amazing surf camps coming up in caparica and it's probably now it is the best place to learn how to surf around lisbon so uh, teaching wise is way easier and way more um, easy to progress yeah friendly uh, surf lessons friendly uh, but of course, also because I was living in Gishkais, but mostly because it, it is a beautiful town. The surf schools that were here, they were all going down a lot because Gincho uh, was was really tough and the schools were old and, and they needed to be like uh, online and, and a bit like refreshed in a way. So I think Gishkais needed some some young blood to, to put the surf schools more modern and to innovate a little bit. Um, and having the possibility to surf in two different places, Carcavelos and Guincho, is really nice because Guincho is perfect in the summer. Carcavelos is amazing in the winter. Also, that um, makes it a very nice destination. And surf camp-wise, it is, and I thought, like, if I open a surf school, obviously, especially studying hotel management, the goal when I opened it was to have a surf camp at then. And, and I wouldn't have a surf camp in Caprica for mostly that I like it. I prefer way more to, to sell Cascais in, as a tourist destination 
is way more complete because I also have Sintra nearby, the, the whole coastline, it's easy to access by train from Lisbon. So those all, all of those things um, made me see an opportunity in Cascais to open not only a school, but also with an eye on the accommodation part. And then the, the accommodation came, but not as your own accommodation. So early into your surfing school uh, business, Niceway came along. And they ha also had this, at the time, original idea, which was they decided to open a hostel in the city center. And it was amazing because I think we can talk about it now. Um, the rents back then were cheap as hell. Like you could get a really nice place in the center of Cascais for a cheap loan. Because again, like you said, peak of the, of the financial crisis. And so they decided to combine this like urban Cascais hostel with a surf environment and then they made you an offer right and yeah a big relationship started that lasted how long uh so 2014 to 18 for four years four years yeah yeah that that was the, the major point of the school like i mentioned before i opened the school in september 2013 then came winter I was kind of saying, what, what am I doing with my life? But that's the thing. I would have been with the other school and working in that project. But for what I really wanted back then was to work in a hotel. I wouldn't be working in a hotel anyway. So putting things like sizing, checking things like in my hands, I was like, okay, I can have this or I can have this that maybe is going to turn into something super nice. And uh, I kept on on putting all my personal uh, energy on the school and then i had that meeting with, with miguel from nice way and that's when like okay i was like this is exactly the opportunity that i needed it's perfect because i want to have my own accommodation but it's still early i'm still need to check if if things will work out and he gave me so much experience and put the surf school like into another level so once again i had the opportunity I took it, of course, it, it came. I, I was not like completely going crazy searching for hostels to have partnerships with. No, I was super lucky. The, the hostel came to me and I basically just said yes. So uh, we can call it a lot of luck as well, but but also I, I just never said no to a, a lot of things and, and kept no, on No, but I know, I know that they offered, you told me once that they offered the deal to another guy first because you had the school that was established for that had been established for longer and they and he, the guy turned it down so that he thought no I, I i prefer just to do my own thing and you decided to, to take advantage of the opportunity but then i know but then i also know that you had kind of a problem especially going from the first to the second year when so you have a small school that in which you are teaching most of the time and then then suddenly you're managing a lot of people like the hostel is has 50 plus beds surfing gets really popular a lot of people are coming and you have to find instructors out of nowhere you have to start managing teaching and doing all the back office stuff and then you start having more instructors and it like there weren't that many surf instructors available at the time surf instructors were not known to be a reliable bunch and so <laughs> that transition can you talk to me a little bit more about like how to how that business scaled and how hard it was to adapt because it, i'm sure it's it's 
it was and still is your dream job, but it was a, a hell of a job at least for six months out of out of the year. Yeah, I mean for sure it was. I was pretty much like doubling the or tripling the size of the school every year. Buying a new van, needed to to have a, a full different team every summer and look for more and more instructors and then still learning how to manage a company that was really small to then have five instructors seven eight ten and a lot of um especially my first year was a was a bit chaotic you you were there in the middle of everything i think if it wasn't from you uh surfcase guys would have like sink yeah. <laughs> straight in the first summer and that was probably the worst the hardest summer for me and the hardest work time that I had, but it was part of the deal. The thing is, if you want to have your own business, you have to be, you have to know that you will be there for wherever it takes and you're going to don't sleep. You're going to work like everything you can and find and do and just go for it. Because if it's not like that, things are not going to work out and, and, that's I think what I did and finding the right people it's really important service business and um, I'm luckily I have some friends and, and well-connected friends that put me to a lot of friends and people and um, even the other day uh, I, I was surfing in Peniche with Ceci and uh, um, I met in the water the guy that recommended me you recommended Bernardo the uh, other Bernardo. Antonio, Antonio. Antonio. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, he was yeah. basically your uh, free uh, human resources. Resources, guy. yeah. And I was explaining Sassy uh, who was Antonio and what was his 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 job in in Surfcash Guys, and he pretty <laughs> much got me half of the stuff on those and three. The staff years. got you the stuff. Yeah. yeah, of course. But then you also had to develop a lot of basically you developed a, a, a technology to deal with it because we went from so the first year I started working with you I remember we would have like 15 guys in the morning 7 to 10 in the evening next year it was like 25 25 30 25 and everything was as you can imagine you have two businesses so the surf school and the hostel and you have to connect them and then you have to relay the information to a team of five to six people and then you have like people going from the hostel, people coming to the beach, people you have to pick up on the way. And I remember that one of the things that you created, which was Smart Surf, the software you now use, was such a game changer for me because I was there on the field. And for me, what, what I keep from this is that it's, it's something that I've learned from working with you, which is it, you, you're always trying to do things better and things have to be done just right. It's not just like, Okay, I have a lot of stuff, which is a very Portuguese mentality. There's a lot going on. Let's just like solve this whatever way we can and then we'll deal with it. Of course, there's a lot of that because like you said, when the business is booming and doubling and tripling in size, you kind of have to improvise on the spot because there's a lot of things you don't know how to deal with because you've never dealt with that volume. But the thing that I really learned and um, admired from your work in, the, in those times was that it was never, you always try to take, to learn a lesson from all of that. And so my question now is, what, what were the most valuable lessons that you then translated into your new experience at, at the villa? Because one of the things that was 
different with um, with a nice way with nice way and the staff is that you had two different teams trying to communicate and that created a lot of chaos a lot of the times so um, when you decide to move on and separate from them which was, was also another opportunity what were the key things that you really wanted to be different and better in surf guys i mean for the partnership was really nice, but obviously we, we were two different companies. So sometimes we, we have different ways of thinking about the, the business it, itself. I, I still have a really great relation with Miguel. And, and again, I learned a lot with him and I couldn't have opened the villa the way I did without, without his, like all the experience that he passed to me and, and that I saw um, of him working. He's an extremely professional person and he also has a great team working with him. Um, so the goal of the villa was to be just a, a bit more upscale and not so has an image of a hostel. So a bit more quality um, and a bit more surf related. So in the end, we, we, we only have people that surf in the surf villa and we don't have those hostel clients that nice way had. So the vibe is completely around surfing and everyone that is there is staying for a minimum amount of nights. We don't have people that is just staying one night or two nights and they, they don't even have to deal anything with surfing. Um, and in terms of the quality of the house, it's, it's more like a villa. And I call it villa not to set a trend. I call it villa because it actually looks like those Indonesian villas with a nice garden, a big house with big common areas and a swimming pool. Um, and the concept is, People surf in the morning, chill, reading a book in the pool, have the yoga outside. We do some nice barbecues. So have the whole surf camp concept um, in a nice villa. So those were the major things that change in, in terms of the partnership with Nice Way and then the villa. Um, and then everyone that came working with me to the villa. And that was one of the really key things was that I knew them from before. So the instructor, the main instructor, Pika, came from the nice way time. Alejandro has been a, a volunteer in multiple places in Europe. And also he had a lot of experience either in teaching, but also in the hostel part. Uh, Patrick came as a photographer. He also gave some surf lessons and help out with accommodation. Kayla also knew us and knew the whole vibe of the, the team and knew she was doing the, the housekeeping. So those people that helped me start the business from zero in the villa, I couldn't have done it like without them. And, and I was really lucky that I could like, came, they came along from nice way and, and went to the villa. So they really knew me very well and they, they know that, and they knew the atmosphere that I wanted to pass in the, in the whole place and they passed it very well. Alejandro is extremely, um, professional person that cared a lot about small details like me and he, he, he sees what I really want and, and he does exactly like he knows I'm gonna like it uh, and that's for me is also important and details are really important for me so the house is full of small details the operational part is full of small details and those what makes the difference when you want to to give a good service yeah yeah I remember 
I remember the first lesson, I remember a lesson, one of the first lessons I was giving, uh, I was, we were kind of like, it, it was one of my first lessons, so I didn't really know what I was doing that well. Uh, and then I remember you were surfing in front of us and you paddled in and you started, you started telling me like, look, this cannot happen. You and the other guys cannot be there doing nothing while people are nose diving on the sand. It was a tr really tricky day. And that day, obviously, I, I, you told me like, you have to do this, this and that. And that's, and I started doing that, doing it. Obviously you noticed and t told me like, you want to teach another lesson in the afternoon? I said, yes. Next day I was back there and then I stayed there for six months without going home basically <laughs> but I, I really for me the most important thing about surf cascades at least from the time I was there but I think it's still the one in the villa was people always thought about surf lessons only as fun in the sense like of goofy like it's an experience something you do it's fun because you're in the ocean if you stand up it's fun because you have the adrenaline but with you I also learned that people want a good surf lesson like when people are paying for a service they need to get all they're asking for and a lot of times with surfing with surfing lessons is not just the be in the sun in the wetsuit trying to catch a wave it's actually learn something learn a skill it's much more interesting and you have a lot more fun when you when on top of that whole fun thing you're learning something that challenge of learning was something that i really kept from the from those days and so my question to you is was this something that you've always had? Like, were you always this um, perfection? Were you always this um, as a perfectionist uh, as this? Like, um, I don't know if I'm expressing myself properly, but were you always a perfectionist or was this something that you kind of developed over time and that got um, finer and finer? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, and and I, I am really perfectionist just on a sense that if I clean my house, I cannot just clean it like just a little bit. It can take me six hours, but I'm going to make sure the house is as clean as like as you get. So I can start something or I can't do something just to do it. I have to do it like properly. Otherwise we shouldn't even start it. Um, I think I kind of develop it in the last 10 years probably because I don't think I was professionist in school at all. <laughs> to be honest, I was really average student and whatever I liked, I was okay at it, but I was not a brilliant student and I didn't have amazing grades. So I don't think I was really professionist in that sense. But were you professionist with surfing, for example? Uh, or were more you like having fun and then, okay, I need to step it up? No, I was. I mean, I'm still is. Like, I know you still yeah. are. <laughs> I, I, I surfed like two hours ago with Vika and, and the other instructors and they were like, wow, what a maneuver. And I'm like, no, it was terrible. I was too, too, I was not even like low enough. And life, like you have always something to get better off and always something to learn off and always, always. And it's important to, to understand if you do something good and, and to give value to it. But also it's very important to be humble, understand that's one step just on, the, off, on a long way to, to, to maybe find the bottom of perfectionism. So 
the, the truth is we're always learning no matter what and either in the business either in the surfing either in life so the most important is to try to to do that um in terms of the business yeah i just carry it into it and sometimes i'm very annoying but i just can't <laughs> see i just can't see bad things like happen i don't know if if i just put myself in a in a, in the same place and i also require if i'm going out for dinner i also require that things go like well and if they don't i i i complain because things have to have a certain quality obviously we have price comparing things and we have like a lot of different standards but it's so important things are well done just for the happiness of everyone i would say perfect uh, well i think everyone listening will think that if they go to surf skies they'll have a perfect surf lesson or at least no, trying to give the no. Perfect surf lesson. <laughs> no 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 I, well it it I, I'm I'm not saying at all that Surf Kishkai is perfect. It's far from that. And we have a huge amount of different stuff and stuff makes everything and nobody's perfect here. Um, I, I lose a lot of energy in trying to have good surf lessons uh, give by good surf instructors. Most of all, good people that give it with passion because that will make us them give everything and also in the villa provide obviously a good bed a good breakfast and also someone that is yelling to to help you whenever you need and and that's the goal and and i will fight until i'm alive for that happens because that's that's my goal okay i think we we can stop here because that's a, that's a good <laughs> way to end it thank you david thank you obviously for everything you've done for me in the past few years and thank, thank you for you. the interview i hope everyone enjoys and tomorrow we'll go surfing <laughs> yeah thank you for for this nice um interview and obviously i want to thank every single person that helped me achieve whatever surf guys is now because without them it, it wouldn't be and uh, and you obviously are a very important piece of it and i wish you guys all a good night hope we didn't bore you too much and uh, keep updated for the next episode with too much hidalgo